I actually think um, time um, and and health are more more important than money. Right? Mm, yeah, I think that's a tough one. I think that's a tough one. <laughs> and, and, and this is coming from Mr. Money Man himself, Jack Support. <laughs> and, and, and the reason why I say that, why you think health is actually important when it comes to you know generating long-term wealth and being on this personal finance journey. Um, so live a long life is probably just half of the battle hmm. because if you live long you won't you don't necessarily live well okay um so it's important to think about how can you increase your health span not just your lifespan mm. Hello and welcome to the Woke Finance Podcast, a podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yes, yes, Peter. I'm feeling very good. I'm so excited for today's episode. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got a special guest that I met about five years ago, I believe. Um, a friend of a friend um, and someone who has been engaging with us through our football sessions on Sundays as well. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, all that he has to say and how he's going to uh, bless our audience. Come on, come on, come on. I'm sure we're going to have a little t- uh, discussion on the football side of things uh, shortly as well. Um, But yeah, we are going to quickly introduce him very shortly. But before we do that, a massive shout out to our listeners, wherever you are in the world, man. We appreciate you. We recognize you. And we just appreciate your ongoing support as well for the Woke Finance podcast as well. Now, as Jack said, we've got a very special guest on um, and we're going to um, take a deep dive into what we're going to be talking about. But before we do that, Aline, man, we're going to introduce a massive welcome to the Woke Finance oh, Podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's um, a pleasure to to be on your podcast and I'm really looking forward to a very um, insightful, engaging conversation. Um, one given lots of health tips and also getting a lot from the two of you too in terms of the interplays between health and finance i think it's uh it's they're two very important topics i love i love that i love that and now for the listener thinking okay why is this dude gonna be talking about health or so do you want to maybe just introduce yourself and yeah say about a bit about who you are actually of course. Um, so my name's Aleem. I'm a junior doctor currently working in London. Um, currently training in general practice at the moment in my second year of a of a three-year training program. Um, prior to that, I've had a number of um, experiences and rotations in um, a number of other specialties, whether that's been mental health, um, hospital medicine, surgery, um, transplant surgery. Um, and before that, I did the, the graduate course in medicine. Um, and before that, I did another degree, which was a biochemistry degree. degree. So I've, I've spent a lot of time in university um, and now essentially um, practicing and trying to really carve out a niche for myself. So you've not done much then in life? 
Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that, bro. Nah, that is amazing. Amazing. Jack's obviously you're probably going back to your uni days. You would have bumped into a few med students as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I spent uh, about four years at university um, and that felt like quite a long time in itself, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, very interested to uh, come across someone who spent much more than four years um, at university. Wow, wow, wow. No, fantastic, man. Massive shout out to you, Ali, man. And I mean, uh, you've just gone, You, you at the moment, you're a junior doctor, right? Um, yeah. Describe to us how that journey been in terms of getting to where you are now and I can imagine there's still uh, some way to go after, but just even just the journey that you've been on right now to get to where you are, how have you found that experience? So it's it's been an interesting journey and, you know, no no rotation is the same. Mm. So graduate, you initially start as a house officer. So that's your first year um, out of med- medical school, fresh medic. Um, at that point, you're, you're really... Um, needing a lot of senior support and guidance in terms of how to do things um, and at that point I did a bit of hospital medicine so I did ITU I did um, respiratory medicine which is like lung disease and also just general surgery um, then I finished my foundation training um, which is two years at that point some people know exactly what they want to do mm might have been set on neurosurgery since the age of five years old you know <laughs> um whereas some other people need a bit more time to kind of decide what's what's best for them so i i took a bit of time i took two years to kind of figure figure things out a bit and try different specialties um such as mental health um, um liver transplant um and also just general medicine Part of it was locumin, which is what a lot of junior doctors do after their first two years. Mm. Um, they locum just to try and make a bit of money. Um, because with your locum, you can essentially earn a bit more than as a trainee. Okay. So <laughs> after four years, I then then decided to, to apply for general practice. And I've been doing that for the last 15 months or so. 16 mm. months so that's fairly recent for you is that something that you want to stay in for a while then um yes um so with general practice you can develop a special interest if you want so some people develop a special interest in public health sports and exercise medicine gynecology mental health minor surgery so the, the world's your your oyster in terms of what you can develop a special interest in um but you're still serving the general population your general population so if let's say you're a gp in in east london you're you're, you're serving east london mm. um, as opposed to if let's say you're a hospital doctor and then you're you're, you're serving a lot more people who come with, with that specific condition Wow. No, I love it, man. I've got so many, and I'm sure Jax has got so many just burning questions, but um, before we get, uh, I mean, we're going to get into the topic shortly, so I'll probably, I won't ask too many of them as well, but you mm-hmm. know, when you say you are on, when you're on rotation, so you, you might have spent X amount of time in ITU, for example, um, mm-hmm. what does actually look like as a, as a trainee doctor? Are you actually, are you observing? Are you actually doing things to people? What does that look like in practice? 
In practice, it, it, it varies depending on um, aptitude, I would guess, I would, I would say. Um, when you're in medical school, medical school is split between preclinical and clinical. So mm. clinical is where you're, you're learning the theory. Um, preclinical is where you're now doing more practical and you spend more time um, in wards, on the wards, in clinics, in theatre. Um, when you're now a junior doctor, there's a bit more responsibility. But when you actually start, the responsibility might be a bit low. So let's say as a first year um, medical trainee, your responsibility may be making sure that the um, patient's notes are prepared so that when the um, your senior comes to review the patients in the in the in the morning so they do what is called a ward round mm. um everything is is prepared so they know how the patients um is clinically so that would be their observations they know what the most recent blood results are um so they're not having to scroll through the computers um they know if any investigations have been done and what the updates are um but as you are progressing as a first year trainee, you will take on more responsibility, but there will be a lot more oversight. Whereas when it's your second year and your senior house officer, then you may be doing a lot more without the same level of supervision. Mm -hmm. So let's say if I'm a first year doctor, I can't send someone home unless I've discussed it with my supervisor. Mm. Whereas if I'm a senior house officer, so that's after your first year, then if you feel competent and it's a condition you've been exposed to in the past, then you, you can send the patient home if you're quite confident. You, you don't need to keep them in hospital and discuss them with a senior. Um, so it's it's... So the level of responsibility you get varies as you progress up the the, the medical um, hierarchy. Mm. And that tends to be, let's say, a house officer. So that's your first year. Then the senior house officer and senior house officer where there can be a bit of a gray area because you can be a senior house officer for, for five years even. Hmm. So let's say after my first year, I was a foundation doctor, um, a, a second year foundation doctor. And then when I was working as a locum, I was also a senior house officer. And then when I was working in liver transplant, I was also a senior house officer. So for three years, I was a senior house officer and I essentially had this a similar level of responsibility. Whereas if I did not choose to be a senior house officer, I could have maybe applied for a specialty where I would have been a registrar a bit earlier. Okay. And as a registrar, you have a lot more responsibility than a senior house officer. So your responsibility might be managing the senior house officers. Okay. So, that sounds so interesting. Um, I want to take this a bit further back. Um. Mm. You, you mentioned that your heart was set on doing a specific type of uh, special um, area. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I want to talk about how long ago did you 
decide you wanted to be in this field generally mm-hmm. in the field of medicine or, or to be a doctor because mm-hmm. you know uh, we're, we're from a, a certain background <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in our background uh you know our parents will say hey you have to be uh, an engineer an accountant yeah. or a doctor was yeah. was that one of those things that your parents told you and it just stuck or was there something that happened that made you say i, I actually want to be a, a doctor it's an in- interesting question because initially um my dad wanted me to be a doctor and i was always a bit of a rebel so <laughs> because my dad wanted me to be a doctor i made a conscious effort to not apply for medicine for you was one of those ones <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's kind of ironic that I didn't ended up going to do medicine. But I think what happened was my first degree was in biochemistry. Uh, and um, obviously back then, uh, there's a lot of uh, lack of awareness of the, the number of different professions you can go into. So I kind of thought, okay, the possible professions I could go into is like medicine, um law finance um i considered teaching as well um but i think i was always fascinated by um the human body and the best way to increase people's um quality of life so i remember on my personal statement i actually wrote uh, the two most important commodities to us are our time and our health um and to be fair time is money so if i were to go back i could i could have thought okay time is money so maybe i can just find a way to make people make more money because that you know increases your time freedom um but i thought okay i think i want to do medicine and i was kind of um set on lifelong learning an intellectually stimulating career um, and those things you kind of ask for when you're naive and um, in your like early earliest twenties uh, are not necessarily what you would maybe maybe definitely go for again. I would say that's so interesting. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that uh, you know time and uh, health were the most important things, and then you mentioned mm. even that money is also important the money and time are, are equal but actually do you know what i actually think um time um and and health are more more important than money really? <laughs> right? mm, yeah i think that's a tough one i think that's it a, a tough one. <laughs> and, and, and this is coming from mr money man himself jackson <laughs> and, and, and the reason why i say that um I, i'll give you guys a bit, a bit of a, a thought process mm. is if i was to give you uh, i don't know all the money that you could possibly ask for but yeah. then your health was to be completely terrible, would you take it? Mm. Um, and I think the answer we both know intuitively <laughs> would be no. Okay, um, so what about the opposite? The opposite scenario. So what, what the opposite scenario is... Um, you, you, if, you, your health is amazing, but... But then you have no money and you're broke. Yeah. But you've got all the time in the world to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> with, with amazing health. <laughs> with amazing health, right? So, I, so I, would, I would say you need... You need a a comfortable comfortable buffer that gives yes. you a breathing f- space because mm. a lot of the health and the qualities that we see, mm. a lot of people who are just struggling to put food on the table, 
and when you when you're constantly thinking about how you're going to put food on the table that then there's a vicious a vicious cycle that occurs mm. when you know you're you're stressed you can't sleep your mental health is affected and obviously you don't need to be rich but you need to have you need to be comfortable otherwise both can be as bad as each other mm. no, that, that i absolutely agree with i think many studies have been done to show uh the relationship between um people being in debt um, mm. and having bad mental health yeah you know there's a strong positive correlation between the two um which is why we believe you know money is more than just as you just said more than just mm. becoming rich or anything like that yeah. it's the peace that it brings along exactly exactly yeah. yeah and and the peace that it brings for you but also for your generations to come as well um mm. so they don't you know go through certain uh, scenarios as well but perfect uh, i guess uh, segue or introduction to this topic and for our listeners here um you know uh, this is going to be a bit pretty much a health is wealth episode where right? and we're really focusing on you know what was just spoken about it when you look at statistics those from um unfortunately those from um poorer communities tend to have the worst health outcomes vice versa and there is a correlation there and it always has been as jack's even mentioned and around mental health as well and you know the idea of having good health and we can take a bit of a deep dive into this it would be good to actually ask both of you actually but the mm -hmm. idea of you know having good health and living longer when we talk about everything on our uh, woke finance podcast about building wealth over a long time you know investing saving buying this asset buying that asset um getting income from this asset all of that stuff to be able to do that, you need to be able to strive to be the best version of yourself so you can do that more effectively. And to do that, to be the best version of yourself, a large part of that is actually your well-being and your... And when we talk about health, we're not just talking about physical health. We're talking about mental, emotional well-being. And, and Aleem, I'm sure you can speak to this, but I feel they all connect with each other. Yeah. Um, if you if you have a poor diet, it's very likely at some point it might affect other parts of your health as well. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, um, Aline, we are, uh, Jack's obviously mentioned. Um, uh, we know you through a very close friend of ours, and now we obviously play football very regularly together. So yeah. we know you obviously like to keep um, active, and so I don't know how you are at home yeah. when it comes to eating all of that stuff. But it'd be uh, good to hear your thoughts on why you think health is actually important when it comes to you know generating long-term wealth and being on this personal finance journey um so very good question <clears throat> and if i were to 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 define health personally for me i would say it's living without limitation hmm. um so you know not being limited by mobility by mm. difficulty breathing um by um specific health conditions that can have a huge strain on your on your quality of life okay mm. and if i now try to think about health um and its interplays between wealth um i i would say that trying to live a long life is probably just half of the battle hmm. because if you live long you won't you don't necessarily live well 
Okay. Um, so it's important to think about how can you increase your health span, not just your lifespan. Mm. Okay. And, and if we're now thinking about accumulating wealth, if you're sick or if you have a illness that has a significant impact on you that is restricting your ability, then you can't maximize your health mm. unless you upskill or change your skill. Mm. So let's let's say um, I'm someone who I'm a a let's say I'm a athlete and I don't take care of my health. And I can't perform at the, 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 let's say, the peak, at peak performance, then either you learn a new skill or, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to go broke. So everything mm. of footballers who are blessed with such amazing talent, but maybe, you know, the, 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 the lifestyle gets, gets too, too much for them. If you think of maybe someone like Ronaldinho or there's there's mm. there's there's other athletes or even someone like Ronaldo Ronaldo, Ronaldo the, the original Ronaldo um if their health isn't taken care of then they they can't generate wealth mm. so generating wealth only occurs if you're in optimum condition and even if we think of it on a population scale if society is unwell so if we, if, if we think of it relatively uh unwell society it's going to be less productive which means it's going to be more expensive to the mm. taxpayer mm. so we, we can look at it on an individual level or we can look at it at a population level yeah and, and it's essentially the same thing No, I, I love that. I love that. And 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 Jack, so over to you actually. What are your how important is health to you when it comes to your personal finance journey? Yeah, I think um Aleem has has alluded to it in the sense that I mean this this topic can be so broad and there's so many um ways to link the two together uh, because they are inseparable, I think. Um and I remember literally a couple of weeks ago thinking um about the people I work with and how seriously they take their health mm. um and th these people that I work with the majority of them come from even a social class different class a different social class and the way they look at health is completely different the way they look at food and nutrition is very much different um and to perform at the optimal level um regardless of what you're actually doing you need to have the energy to do so Mm. right um i think one of the things that I, I i noticed about myself when i wasn't eating properly sleeping properly um using my body and exercising is that i was actually consistently very tired mm. and by being very tired it also means that i wasn't performing at optimal levels it mm. also means that um at times my concentration will be poor um, sometimes you know you just end up with random brain fog brain fog yeah. and, you, and you wonder what where is this coming from um and 
and you realize it's because you're not actually taking care of the body. Mm. Um, you're not you're not um, eating well. You're not hydrated. Um, and you just don't know how to be energetic, right? Mm. So I think I think the two go hand in hand in 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 the ability to actually just perform um, in anything really. <laughs> so so definitely the, the two are most definitely interlinked. And if I want to take it further, um, Aline mentioned something that I've taken a note, and I don't know, I think I might even print it and, and slap it somewhere in my house because it is so profound. He said we need to increase our health span and not just our lifespan. Hmm. And that's so interesting because mm. I think a lot of the time we're told that we need to increase our lifespan, mm. right? If you've lived to a hundred years, then yeah, you're blessed, especially those of us that um, have, have faith and are religious, etc. But actually the quality of life, and I think that's what I've got out of, the quality of life is probably mm. more important. You know, there's no point spending 20 years um extra than someone else if the mm. quality of life is poor so it's extremely important and just to answer your question peter um as to how i also interlink health and, and wealth is that we've spoken about um the compound the compounding effect and how powerful it is we've spoken about that um and you know i often speak about investing in uh, let's say dividend paying stocks and compounding your portfolio over a long period of time so that in decades to come, you can generate a high level of income from your assets. Hmm. Now, that that takes time. Often, if you look at the compound interest calculator and the formula and the way it works, there are three main factors. There are There is, there is time, right? Very important time. And there's how much you're contributing, how much you're actually investing. And then there's the performance of the underlying assets. But time is a huge component of that formula. It's extremely important. However, how sad would it be to have invested for so long, Hmm. to have sacrificed, right? Because the essence of building wealth is to increase your income and keep your expenses low, to earn more than what you spend and invest the difference. That takes a level of sacrifice. Hmm. That takes a level of intentionality. And to have done that for so many years, in your healthy years, maybe foregoing some more, exciting stuff in your youth and then to not be able to enjoy it the way you could have if you had enjoyed it when you were younger so mm. i think it's very important for us to be very intentional about not just building wealth so that we can see numbers in our portfolios but actually to be able to use that income to enjoy the life that we want when we are actually healthy as well mm. love it love it love it and it's deep man and yeah we yeah, can yeah, I agree, Ali, man. And and we can go quite deep and stay deep forever as well, but d- definitely not going to. But I am going to actually um, tease something, actually. Um, uh, Jax, you mentioned, um, you know, in, in the work, working world also, you, you've, uh, particularly when you've come across people of a different um, social class, and I'm assuming you mean a higher social class, right? Yeah. Um, they tend to take health quite seriously. Like, it's just a normal part. And I've, I've experienced that as well, like, when I I remember when I first entered the work working world, that's the first time I see people say, "Okay, at lunchtime they're just gonna go for a jog." Or when they um when they talk about their day, if you ask them on any day of the week, they say, "When I went out for a jog this morning, it's such a norm just to do healthy things." Um, and then I don't even want to talk about the foods that I used to see some people eating as well in terms of top-notch quality healthy food. Um, and Alim, in, in your bit, mm. you were talking about 
you know, you spoke on an individual basis, but you also spoke on a societal basis as well. What What is going on there? Is there something innate when it comes to different um, uh, social groups also? Like, yeah, what is going on? Because, you know, if you are from poorer outcomes, you are more likely to have, um, sorry, poorer communities, you are more likely to have poorer um, health outcomes. What's actually happening? Where's the miscommunication? What's actually happening here, in your opinion? I wouldn't necessarily say there's there's a miscommunication. Mm. I think sometimes it tends to be priorities. Mm. You know, um, one thing that wealth gives you is 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 your time back, that essence of freedom to not feel like you need to squeeze out the day for every minute you can. Mm. So if 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 you're struggling to make ends meet, um you're you're less likely to to take time to to exercise um mm. it's it's not something that well in in our in in our communities that my parents have ever really used that term exercise mm. um, so it's That's forbidden in the nigerian community <laughs> <laughs> the Ghanaian community there's another word the other word is gym oh my gosh <laughs> What is that? <laughs> is that a skew or <laughs> so it gets to the point where you, you you tend to do what is you deem to be essential. Yeah. But then mm. besides that, obviously there's there's been a lot in terms of information in terms of what's healthy to eat, what's mm. not healthy to eat. But a lot of people may not find that they can access those 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 foods. Mm. So, you know, making fre a fresh meal every single day is 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 not cheap. Mm. It's, it's it's not cheap to go and um, buy fresh fruit, vegetables, mm. um, have the time to to make these meals. It's 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 a lot easier to go to the the, the local chip shop or to buy mm. a ready meal mm. or um, processed food, just in terms of time and convenience. Yeah. and cost so there's there's a lot of these factors which mean that the message is not being digested mm. so pe people people know that certain things are not good for you certain things are are better for you but if they if access to those things are are are, are not easy then they're not going to go down the path of of of, of they're going to go down the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. know, yeah. you know, they're not going to break their backs to to live a healthy life. When, to an extent, the 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 processed foods um, are a lot more palatable. They're a lot more tasty. Mm -hmm. they're, they're marketed towards people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 what a lot of people gravitate to. It's 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 I I I think it's hard work to rewire your taste buds to yeah, actually yeah. enjoy Ginger. like vegetables, fruits. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so hard. And um, so I was I was born in Ghana. For those that that don't know, um, and I came here when I was really young. Uh, I think four or five years old. And a funny story is um, when I came out of the airport because I actually didn't enjoy the airport food or the flight food. Mm. Um, because I'm so used to a certain taste <laughs> being being born in Ghana. And um when I came, my parents took me to um to get KFC. Yeah. Um and I remember 
eating the chips and thinking, what on earth is this? Mm. This is disgusting. Okay. Wow. That I really didn't like it because in Ghana, when you mention chips, you're mm. talking about like chin chin. Okay. Yeah. So when I, when I mentioned chips to me, I was excited because I thought I was going to have chin chin. And then you you've you provided me with plain, tasteless, seasonless potatoes. Mm. Um, and I was disgusted. Uh, fast forward <laughs> 10, <laughs> 10 to 15 years, mm. I could have all the chicken and chips in the world and I would mm. love it fantastically. Mm. So it was interesting you mentioned that. So I think it's not easy. Um, but like everything, I think maybe if maybe if we're able to just spend some time actually reprogramming then it can become easier. But would you say there are some foods that are just quite ad- ad- addictive? Um, like whether it's like sugar, for example, or or chicken and chips. And you mentioned chicken and chips, and that's I find that so interesting because also I've noticed that yeah. the poorer neighborhoods, the yeah. poorer communities, three other chefs chicken and chip shop. <laughs> so me, me and Jax went to the same secondary school. Yeah. At lunchtime, all the chicken and chip shops they'll purposely put their deals on one ninety nine for yeah. free wings, chips, chicken and drink. And we used to go there. Pre- Fortunately, we went to a sports college kind of mm. school, secondary school, so we was playing yeah. sports every day. But we was eating that nonsense every <laughs> single day. Every, day, every yeah. single day for five years straight. Yeah. Every single day, and we wash uh, it down with panda pops. Yeah, uh, oh. uh, that, that that was that was that was fantastic at the time. Oh um, man, and but, I can but, only yeah yeah I can only think about the damage. <laughs> at least at least it was it was whilst you were younger, not not yeah not exactly yeah. And, and we were, as Peter said, we were very active. I mean, we both we both done athletics. We both played for the football team. Yeah. We just done a whole bunch of um, sports, so that probably counted it to some extent. But um, I I wouldn't necessarily say they're they're addictive, so they're they're not addictive in the same sense of you know certain addictive drugs. Mm-hmm. But they they do say that the um, the food industry does have a way of creating the 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 create the best blend of of savory f- um, foods with with salt mm-hmm. sugar to to essentially make you want to have them over and over again mm. so there's there, there is something they are doing to 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 make you crave these hmm. foods that are highly palatable and even the smell um you know mm. i don't i don't eat chicken and chips as, mm. not as often as i used to that would be like once in a very long while yeah but up to now when i walk past a chicken and chip shop <laughs> and i smell it I am like I have to really battle myself <laughs> to at least not go and get at least six wings and chips. Do you know what I mean? That's so a trigger. It's a trigger. Oh, it's, no. it's, it's it's really hard, I must say. <laughs> but yeah, it's not just that. You know, think of like if you go go past a bakery, oh, fresh yeah. donuts, yeah, fresh bread, yeah. Compare that to healthy food, fresh vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, gosh, man. Ah, oh, that is yeah. It's it's so deep, man. And I like what you said, Aline. That you know, you you 
squash the idea of actually it being addictive because I think mm. sometimes when we use the word addictive so it plays something in our head psychologically that we can't get out of it no it's people, about people rewiring our mind yeah yeah and, and I think you've mentioned something again that's I mean so profound about um what's essential mm. um use that word essential and I've always had this thought because um unlike Peter Peter's pretty good with his health and much mm. more intentional than I am Small, small. <laughs> and I've always asked myself, even as someone who is generally quite disciplined, um, why why is it that I'm much more disciplined with some things mm. than others? Mm. Um, and I think sometimes, for me anyway, when 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 you've come from, let's say, a very low income household, yeah, where you've experienced some level of, let's say, financial trauma, yeah, is it's at the forefront of your thinking that you don't want to go through that again. But um, when you've not experienced, like in my household, there's not been mm. a lot of health scares or anything like that. Yeah. So my dad is extremely health conscious. Um, my mom not so much, but my dad tries his best <laughs> to push her, and so I've not experienced any like bad things happening in my in my okay. immediate family. Yeah, when it comes mm. to health. Um, but I have seen it when it comes to finance. And so for me, finance is always at the mm. forefront of my thinking. Um, how do we how do we make health something that's at the forefront of our thinking when it's not like finance? And, and I'm, I'm not just speaking for myself alone as well, because I think when you're broke, you know you're broke. Mm. And mm. a lot of people are broke, let's be honest. Um, and the truth is a lot of people are, are, are unhealthy, but it's, it's harder to measure, I mm. think. It's harder to measure how unhealthy you are. It's easy to say, I can have that chips and tri- chicken, but I literally cannot see the effects on me right now. So let exactly. me just have it. Exactly, exactly. So th- I think all of that put together makes it a bit harder to prioritise health over finance, even though intuitively, like I said earlier, intuitively we actually know mm. our health is a bit more important than than money. So I What I would say is, you need to liken health to to wealth in in the sense that we're doing now. So let let's say um being rich, you know, or not necessarily being rich, but the absence of poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, not looking like you're broke. You yeah. you've, you've got you've got you've got um a roof over your head, you're going on holidays, um, you've got you've got nice clothes, but when you look in the bank. There's not much there. Uh-huh. Mm. So when when you're separating that person who's got just enough from the person who's like, okay, how do I make this last longer? How do I develop um, a, whether it's an emergency fund, uh-huh. Uh-huh. investments, whether it's generational wealth, because you're not necessarily going to reap the benefits of those. You, away. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know, you you could end up leaving that all to your to your um your 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 family, mm-hmm. but you're you're doing something that you're not necessarily benefit benefiting from now. Whereas if you're spending all the money you have as you get it, you're you're doing it to see the 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 pleasure then and there. So mm-hmm. it's similar with health. You need to think okay, I'm not doing this for today, but I'm doing it for tomorrow. And as a doctor, mm. it's probably 
it's difficult to put myself in your mindset because I'm very desensitized because I've seen everyone, I've seen people come into A&E and mm. die in recess. Mm. I've seen people come to the GP for a cough they've had for one day. So I've seen people from either end of the extreme. So there's an element of, of being desensitized. Mm. But even amongst doctors, it's it's you'll be surprised at the variation in terms of attitudes towards health. Mm. <laughs> some, doctors yeah. smoke. Um, some doctors don't necessarily take care of their health. But the the the, the importance is you're you're doing something so that your 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 future self can be be grateful. Mm. So same way when you 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 develop wealth, you're not doing it for jacks of today, you're doing it for jacks of five years mm. later. Yeah jacks of 10 years later so when you're making those health decisions today for compound for compound benefits so me deciding to let's say cycle to work mm -hmm. um three times a week which you do by the way yeah yeah that's see we're on strava together so in in five years time when if I want to, I could probably run a marathon. Mm. I'm going to say I'm so happy that five years ago I made that decision. Mm. Whereas if, if, let's say, I was driving to work every single day of the week, my cardiovascular fitness isn't going to really improve, mm. which is why at football, my, my cardiovascular fitness has actually improved quite significantly <laughs> because of the cycling. Yeah. So when, 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 when I'm pacing you guys on the pitch, I'm, I'm like... You know? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Lee. Your runs, bro, they are lethal. When you are gone from one end to the other side of the pitch, they're lethal. They're lethal. It's, 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 it's not like me who has to rely on my touch and my vision to to play the game. But then, like all of that is all is all compounding. So mm, mm. it's the thing with health. It's it's very mm. easy to just appear. Um, you you kind of feel um, is that sense of immortality that mm. you're young. Unless you've actually met someone who's passed away from a health condition or had a family member close to you who's passed away, mm. you don't understand the fragile nature of health. Yeah. And how so quickly, your health as you have it now can be taken away from you. Mm. Whether that's if you're in a car accident, whether, you know, it's a, a, a stroke. Let's say someone could go on a very long haul flight um develop a blood clot and then have mm. a stroke and then their life yeah. is no longer the same so because wow. we've not been exposed to that you feel like you know what you know i'm just i'm, I'm gonna keep going you know i'm just always gonna have good health and then it's just gonna be gradually things will um decline mm. then probably in the 60s there's a steep the de steeper decline yeah if something else significant doesn't doesn't get you before that hmm. so it's 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 yeah. tough but it's it's one of those things where it's the same way when you think okay i'm i'm, I'm building finance for early retirement yeah it helps so that when you get that early retirement you know you're you're going traveling around the world and you don't need uh, a wheelchair exactly. mm. yeah it's so, so so the key phrase that i'm hearing is that of is that of a delayed gratification yes. um, versus instant gratification. And that, that is what we have to develop. And 
put into practice uh, with the things that really matter. So, mm. you know, I talk about it a lot when we talk about finance and and, and building wealth long-term, et cetera. But like you're saying, it's exactly the same concept mm. uh, when it comes to taking care, taking care of our health. So, yeah. Definitely. Wow. Wow. So deep, man. And yeah, I just love all of that. And you know, you know what though, just for some of our listeners here. So when we're, when we're talking about finance, you know, you've got people on different stages of the journey. We do have a lot of listeners who, you know, maybe haven't taken the first step in their journey or are at a setback. They might be struggling financially right there, quite heavy in, in, in debt and just trying to make ends meet. They're living paycheck to paycheck. However, on the World Finance Podcast, you know, we, always talk about the steps you can do to slowly come out of that. That is not the end. That's not the end of the, the matter, if that makes sense. For some people, they will come out of that and work their way up over the next few X amount of years to actual financial freedom. Now, the same way that is possible there, that is very similar when it comes to um, our health. Obviously, there's going to be a point where some people might have, their health is so damaged, they can't come back. But for some people, wherever they are now, our bodies do deteriorate. For those people that are listening, but there is something we can start doing literally as of today to come back out of that, hopefully. Um, and hopefully you agree with that, um, Aleem, as well. So what we are going to do for this um, next part is basically go over to you, Aleem, and just see if you can share with us some top two. And you mentioned you see a lot of things coming into in, into your site um, on a daily basis, different types of diseases from different communities, etc. Mm. And... You know, we've mentioned so much on this episode, so we're really grateful to have you, actually, Aleem. And we've mentioned things that we see in different communities, different families. Um, Jack's touched on, you know, our older generation in the African community, um, where some of us think, ah, there's no hope, they're just not going to listen. But then you've also got younger families listening, maybe a new couple, um, they've just had a child, and they're probably thinking, how do we make sure our child doesn't get addicted to this nonsense and things like that? So there's so many different audiences but we're good to hear from you based on your experiences some top tips that people can take away and apply literally right now to live a good quality of of life and expand our health span and not just our lifespan yeah no definitely um what i i tend to do is i tend to separate things into um prevention and surveillance. So if I just um, elaborate on what I mean by this. So prevention is um, things you can do, activities you can do, habits you can develop to prevent um, chronic health conditions. Mm. Um, and these are, it's not rocket science. They're, 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 they're tips that people would have been, would have heard before. And then surveillance is when we're now thinking about things that aren't as preventable but where early detection is important hmm. to to reduce the risk of of, of, of um, spread and disease progression um, so if, if we think of of prevention um things that we really want to try to to work um, against are um, things such as high blood pressure so hypertension hmm. um heart disease, risk of strokes, diabetes. These are things that are, are quite common in the um, African Caribbean population, especially, okay? And the first thing I would suggest is, is to know your family history. So know what health conditions run 
in your family um, because sometimes when when you know that gives you a bit more of a motivation to do something about it mm. so let's say you know both your well, one of your parents has diabetes um that will make you probably read a bit more about diabetes and maybe think okay this is quite a serious condition it's a lifelong condition it um there's a risk of a number of complications i need mm. to think about this so i would say no 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 the family history even something like high blood pressure so hypertension is very common in the african caribbean population and it's often a silent it's a silent condition mm. so you you won't necessarily know you have high blood pressure unless it's very high that you might end up getting symptoms such as headaches um problems with vision um or other symptoms so if you were to know that both your parents have high blood pressure or one of your parents have blood pressure high blood pressure then you might think okay i need to do more within my own ability to reduce my risks and i might actually go and see a doctor at some stage just to check my blood pressure as opposed to leaving it for 50 years because at that point it may have done some damage not to say that you can't then go on treatment but mm could have caught it earlier if there's a high risk. So <clears throat> knowing your family history is very important. Um, other things are diet. So diet is is very, very important. It's um, one of the most important things, really. Um, we spend a lot of our time during the day um, eating, or it's, it, it, it forms a large part of the day, whether you're thinking about food or eating. Um, it's important to optimize your diet as best as you can and have good nutrition and start now trying to weed out those foods that in the long term will do more harm than good because there's no there's, there's no time like the present mm. if you're going to start now and say okay i'm no longer going to eat sweets that's a good decision then mm. next year you can say okay i'm no longer going to eat mcdonald's Mm. And next year you can tick another one off. They don't need to be all done at the same time. Mm. That may not necessarily be sustainable. Mm. Increasing fruits and vegetables into the diet is very important. Um, so just rice and stew is 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 not enough because mm. it's it's a diet that's predominantly carbs mm. and it's high glycemic carbs. So carbs that are processed. White rice is already processed. Mm. Um, with meat and what us Africans tend to do is we tend to give ourselves a very very generous portion of meat so it's oh we give I, we give we give ourselves a generous portion of rice and meat we, we go wild whatever it is what we need is we need more vegetables mm. um, and you know a variety so it's not, you know, tomato plum every day of the week. Mm. Tomatoes, parsnips, mm. carrots, um, cabbage, just mix and match and mm. get all of those rich nutrients from a diverse range of fruit and vegetables. So that's very, very important. 
So that's number two. So number one was know your family history. Number two was diet. And yeah, I guess just on the topic of this Health as Well podcast, um, you know, it's really important to think about different ways where we can improve our health and be the best version of ourselves. And I think one of that area, actually, Jax, is, um, you know, being as productive as possible and working in a way where we can be quite productive. And for our listeners, I'm sure we can all relate um, when it comes to working or whatever we're doing in the day. There's times where you know, we might struggle with productivity. Um, and it's great that we've just had a great opportunity to try a new product to help us with that. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, for me, I am someone who has a full-time job. Um, I work in the industry of investment management, um, which requires a lot of mental strength. Hmm. Um, but also I, I run businesses on the side. So uh, I am a co-founder of the Woke Finance Podcast and the Woke Finance CIC. And I'm also um, a... An, influencer so I run by the name of Jack's Financial and all of this requires a lot of time energy and of course productivity for that reason um you know I actually drink quite a bit of coffee um I tend to have at least two coffees per day one in the morning and often one in the afternoon um but with Magic Minds being introduced to such a productivity drink what happens is you know I'm able to actually take you know sort of have my coffee in the morning with no sugar of course but then um, in the afternoon, taking the shot, and this allows me to remain productive, to remain uh, clear of mind, to continue working out throughout my workday as a professional, but also even as I get home and continue to work on my businesses, I still remain productive. Um, the, the amazing thing about this is not only am I being productive, which is great, but also I'm drinking less caffeine, which we know long-term is not actually good for us, mm. especially as someone who, you know, has had um, an encounter with things like anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I really, really like this shot um, in terms of taste. It is quite earthy, but I am very comfortable with that. Um, it, it goes down pretty well. It tastes much better than a lot of things I've tried in the past. And yeah, it's something that I definitely think uh, could really help our audience um with their productivity especially if they are coffee drinkers love it love it love it man so for our audience we definitely do recommend this man it has loads of earthy and um, amazing um ingredients such as matcha um, which contains things like l-thionine and um, which helps and is known to reduce stress as well but loads of other really good um ingredients to really improve your attention span and um, reduce stress and anxiety um, and fatigue and as well so we definitely do recommend you um trying this out man so you can increase your productivity in this new year new you and all of that good stuff as well so if you are interested in um getting this project magic mind um they are doing an exclusive offer for this month january 2024 and um, you can get one month free for when you subscribe for three months and the way to do that is by going on to www.magicmind.com forward slash Jan J A N woke finance. So that is a unique link um, that you can go on to, and we will put in the description. And that's just to get the first month for free when you are subscribing for three months. If you want to get an additional 20% off when you are going to the um per make a purchase, you can add in the following code, which is woke finance 20. That's woke finance two zero. So in total, you can get a total of 75% off this month. So please do head over 
to www.magicmind and get your productivity shots and experience what myself and Jacks have. Um, number three is certainly. I was just gonna ask you on on number one. You you mentioned about the the history, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when people know that you know maybe their family has a history of this, sometimes we might not even know because for whatever reason we might not know whether it's grandparents or direct parents as mm. well. One of the things I'm always quite passionate about, particularly in, in my community, my friendship groups as well, like at least once a year, I always just bothered them and say, yo, my bros, what, um, <clears throat> just a reminder, please do make sure you go and get yourself a, a, a blood test done just to check things out, make sure everything's, you know, on board. Um, and that's usually just once a year. Is that over the top? Is that okay? Is that because one thing, whenever I get my blood test done, um, I remember an auntie one time, she told me, oh, you know, our people, they don't come and get blood tests done. She was, and she was saying, well done, well done. And I've always just held that with me. It's, it's, it's fair enough. Um, are, are these, are these, are they going to their GP or are they? You know what, it's, it, it's a, it's a variety of different groups of people, you know, particularly as men, we tend to say, ah. Oh, we'll go whenever we feel something or so, yeah. particularly if you're in your 30s, going to 40s and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. So mainly uh, GP or getting it done, if that makes sense, via GPs. Yeah. And, and some of us, they even go and check even when we do for something. So it's really important sometimes for friends like Peter to uh, give us a bit of a nudge to go and mm -hmm. check. And actually, I actually done that this year. Um, And it's interesting you mentioned which one we should be doing because um, I, I decided to go do a, a health screen uh which mm. you know was a bit more than just uh so you, you check your blood pressure you check your blood you check a few things mm. here and there yeah so uh, the nhs do offer a, a a nhs checkup for men i believe from 40 to 74 or 5 okay where they're offered a health screen every five years mm. And there they're really looking to to capture those who are at highest risk mm. the developing certain chronic health conditions. So they all do things like a blood pressure, height, weight, calculate their um, body mass index, check the cholesterol levels, um, possibly um, blood sugar as well. So those 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 are the kind of um, common chronic conditions that they're trying to capture mm. and so probably doing blood tests on a yearly basis on in an otherwise fit and well male is I'm not going to say there's any harm in it but what I wouldn't want is for someone to 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 go see their GP and say oh yeah um doctor just told me to to come and get blood tests but i feel good mm. <laughs> if, if, if if we think of the nhs being quite a under-resourced um body um we have to 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 use the resources we have um in a way that's 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 not going to be wasteful and i'm not saying it's wasteful but if if there's now a huge influx of guys who are fitting well, saying they want a blood test every year for, for, for no reason, then it's maybe not the best use of resources. If, let's say, um, 
they they're able to do it privately then um you know i'm not going to tell someone not to go and get a private blood test um but then there's the financially Okay, yeah cool. but I, th I think, so, yeah, from my yeah, understanding, one one yeah. one last thing if let's say they were to have blood tests and it maybe showed something you know okay they're a bit anemic or their um blood sugar was a bit on the higher side or there are certain things that required a bit of monitoring or not necessarily action actioning but monitoring at some point then i would say it's 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 a good idea but when when i'm when i'm questioning this it's more from resources as opposed to Mm. Of course, yeah. as a person then think it's a good idea And I, I think think the, the key word, um, which I probably missed, I uh, didn't mention, um, that you mentioned, Liam, is the fit and healthy one in my friendship group. So, yeah, I, I probably... Um, Yeah, I think that that's probably the key thing. Um, I think you're you're so right in terms of from a resource perspective. But Peter didn't want to set himself up there. I didn't want to set. No, he was just about to say. But then, then an important unfair. thing is, you know, if if let's say you've never had any interaction with your doctor, yeah, you're 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 you're, you're fit and healthy, but it's your first time seeing a doctor for five mm. years, and you're like, look, I just want a general checkup, mm. yeah, and that's a good thing. But then, if that general checkup is perfect. Then next you come back. Mm, of course, yeah. I, I think one one thing I can add to this, uh, for for our listeners, um, for those that are employed, um, that, that there are there's a chance that your company may have a benefit, yeah, um, that allow you to uh go and do things like health screens, and it's funded by the benefit system. So, uh, my company has that. So we mm. have um, like so I believe they are called, uh, Medicash. And uh, we get a certain amount of benefit with them where we can, you know, do different things. For example, we can get our eye check, we can go dentist um, and that kind of stuff. But a health screen is also one of those things as well. Yeah. So they're definitely uh, important uh, for our listeners to actually check to see if they have something like this at work, because I didn't check for a couple of years. Mm. Um, and then I realized, hey, actually, these benefits that I'm getting, I actually pay tax on them as well. I don't pay for the actual service, but I pay tax on them. Mm. So it's actually really important to, uh, you know, use up these uh, benefits um, on a yearly basis if you can, and it's private. Yeah. Love that, love that, love that. Now, thank you, man. Dropping some gems as well. And, and the second one you had, Aline, was, um, of course, diet. And we touched on a few things as well. Good to hear some more tips from your side um, mm. for our everyday listeners right now. Yeah, so, okay, so if we now go on to number three. So three is whatever vices you have, do them in moderation, but stop if you can. So smoking, alcohol, um, drinking lots of sugary drinks, sweets, all of that stuff should be done in moderation because... 